Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show where you'll find real conversations with today's most successful entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from unforgettable personal stories to exact strategies they use on a daily basis. Here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show. I'm your host, Simon, and thank you so much for joining me today. Today's featured guest is Misa Chan. Welcome, Misa. Hello. Misa is the co-founder of Praiseworthy, a company that focuses on empowering and training frontline employees through customer feedback. They are currently working with thousands of stores, ensuring millions of happy customers a year. Before, Misa was working as a professional model for eight years, as well as founded Num Num Sandwiches and built it into a seven-figure business across two markets and managed a 30-person team. Misa, tell us how you got to where you are. Um, I would say that ever since I was even 10 years old, I'd always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit. My sister and I, we would sell rocks on the street hoping someone would buy it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we actually had a, a Inc. Magazine did a special on that on how you came to where you are. And it's like my sister is also an entrepreneur and we just both have kind of that grit, entrepreneurial spirit, um, spirit wanting to start something on our own. How old, how old were you? Uh, I'd say we we're like eight or nine, maybe 10, but it's probably younger than 10. I think the photos looked like eight or nine years old. That's <laughs> so funny. All right. Yeah. And so ever since we were little, our, our dad really raised us saying, you know, just follow your passion, find what you love. And both of our, our parents are actually entrepreneurs. Um, my dad is uh, the academic co-founder of a large biotech company uh, in stem cells. And then my mom is uh, a speech therapist. And so we just have though that kind of entrepreneurship spirit in our blood and how we were raised. Um, and so just right when I turned 18, I could start selling on eBay. So I just started selling on eBay, loving, you know, kind of making my own hours, seeing how I can make a profit on things, um, learning how... To... What did you sell? Oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, there was this sale... Not rocks again, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but there's this sale at Urban Outfitters that would happen next to my college campus. Okay. And the dresses would go for only 99 cents. And so Ooh. then I would make a profit margin of about $9 if I resold it on eBay because still $10 for an Urban Outfitters outfit was still a very good deal at the time. So I would do that. I would go to garage sales and yard sales. My grandpa's also an entrepreneur. So he taught me kind of how to bargain and go to flea markets and look at antiques. And so I had a little antique business and vintage clothing business on the side in college. And then that turned into another business. So I just have always been starting little businesses. Wait, give us an example. Let's say uh, you need a toy. It goes for 10 bucks in the garage sale and you only have, I don't know, $6. How do you bargain? So you just have to act like you don't really want it. And then also, because <laughs> uh, like you have to be willing to walk away. You can't have your heart set on it. Because okay. once you show you have your heart set on it, they'll never go down in price. Um uh, and so basically, and then also already have the cash in hand and being like, look, I have $10 right here. It's good to go. Let's just make this bargain. Um, and so my grandpa, actually, he has an antiques business and he had a markup of 
a picture frame he bought for the rare wooden picture frame that he bought for $200 and then he resold it for $150,000. So it kind of runs in the family to do that type of business as well. So I did that in college and then just always been kind of having that grit, that drive. Um, And then after, and then during college, I started my modeling career as well on the side Um, between classes. I would you know, go to castings or, you know, um, take off some time to do different campaigns. Um, and then that would kind of pay the bills and, and fund different business expenditures I had. And that was eight years, right? Yeah. So I did it. Um, my first campaign was Abercrombie, which was really a a fun thing. And then, um, I did that during college and luckily it was during my junior year. So I barely had to, um, I didn't have to miss many classes to start modeling. And then I did it until about two years ago. Um, maybe three. I stopped when I was about 28 years old. Um, so yeah, uh, there's a lot of reasons. (laughs) Um, first my, my mom was a model and so she recommended to get out of it as soon as possible because we were in it too long. It can get to you. Um, it's a lot about looks. Um, Two, I knew that that wasn't going to last forever. I was modeling at my late 20s. I was modeling the grandmother line, the line that grandmothers shop at Kohl's. And so very quickly you advance in your age. It's like modeling years and dog years. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I just knew that I, my goal absolutely was to ride it out in my 20s and then retire by 30 and have a sustainable business that could support me with not the same, like modeling pays really well. So I knew I couldn't get the same salary, but a decent salary where I'm comfortable. So what was the business you started right after? So, um, I was right out of college. I knew I was on the lookout for something. Um, my smaller business expenditures just weren't big enough opportunities to be a full-time job. And so, um, I, two of my friends from the half Asian club were starting a food truck and this was before food trucks were really big. Um, and I looked into the business and they wanted to start what's called a Vietnamese sandwich truck. It's this amazing sandwich. Um, that's kind of a Vietnamese fusion sandwich. It has crispy, light, fluffy bread made from rice flour with buttery mayonnaise, pickled vegetables, um, carrots and daikon with um you can have like honey grilled pork in and then fresh cucumber. Oh, that it's sounds good. It's mm-hmm. ama- it was amazing and I thought wow, this is not available to the masses. And so I kind of like looked at the market and it was huge. Um there was really no Vietnamese sandwiches available in the majority of the Los Angeles uh central area where and so people didn't even know about this product. And so um you know, I just hopped on board and it kind of, that business really snowballed right outside of the gate. Like we had several thousand Twitter followers just upon launching. There was so much demand. We couldn't keep up with demand. We kept selling out and it snowballed into a reality TV show on the food network, New York times, every single major publication, 30 under 30 entrepreneurs. It was, it was a wild ride. It was pretty cool to have that um, for those couple of years. Nom Nom sandwiches took off quite fast and it was all over media. But uh, I know that you guys were struggling in the background. I didn't know it at the time, but we were so lucky, honestly. We had hit, it was just 
pure luck because we hit it right before the food truck movement got big during the recession. And so like we were just so lucky, you know, um, catering leads, people who wanted catering with our truck would just come in. We didn't even have to build a marketing funnel. It was just the demand was all there. And it's a very simple product too. So I had no idea at the time, but it was like gold that we had. But at the same time, and I wrote an article on this, you guys can look up Nom Nom Truck Failed online. Um, at the same time, we were failing in the background. We never had a dollar of profit. I put all of my modeling savings into Nom Nom Truck. I, I loved it so much. Um, and it's, we didn't know fully how to run a food business because even though it looked like we were crushing on the outside with the press, with the lines, we didn't have the right margins and pricing set up until three years in to turn a profit. I guess a typical question would be, oh, what did you guys do wrong? But tell me honestly, what did you guys do wrong? Well, you guys can read it online on my blog. Um, basically, there's three main things that led to our demise. One was just not seeing the writing on the wall soon enough. Um, we had racked up a lot of debt, um, kind of you know, thinking things would get better in terms of our business model. Um, and finally, three years in, I did, I did figure out how to turn the profit in one market, but we expanded too fast. I was in San Francisco and not putting enough effort into our Los Angeles market. Um, and so it was too late when I figured, when I really dove into the numbers and fully understood the business, it's also not a very sustainable business. I would really, really recommend never to start a food truck. It's like everything possible could go wrong, kept breaking down. Um, unless you want to do it for catering, it's like terrible. So, um, restaurants are way better, but even in restaurants, it's only a 5% margin. That's a really good margin where a software it's, you know, 60 or 70%. So, um, it's just, it was kind of a crazy business to do. And on the outside, it looked like this golden thing on the inside. It was just kind of a mess to run a food truck. Um, and then the only other third thing was I had a falling out with my business partner. Um, you know, we were very close, but we didn't have a shareholders agreement. So when we had a falling out, it, we, there was no way we could keep the business, even though it was about to turn to profit and we had figured it out. So that was the unfortunate thing. So did you cash out any money at the end or was it just a big learning experience? Actually, so funny that you mentioned that. This year, after three years of it being closed, we finally um, uh, got rid of the last bit of debt from it. So it was really crazy. Like There was a bunch of um, different things we had to go through. Um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of work. <laughs> I'm very happy it's closed now, actually. So you took all the experience and you've done uh, a lot of things over the years and you started a really interesting company, Praiseworthy. Um, tell us a bit more about that and uh, what is it? Yeah, so Praiseworthy might not be as shiny of an object as Nom Nom Truck, but um, you know it's not as well known. We aren't in every single press publication but I absolutely love it. I'm so passionate about it. And it's such a great sustainable business uh, where we get to work with amazing people every day. It's basically a tool that allows customers to motivate frontline teams through custom, through amazing customer feedback. Um, so it's basically after you have an interaction with an employee, 
then a text is pushed through to your phone where you can individually review that interaction. And since it's such an easy, quick feedback system, over 95% of the feedback is positive. And it's an amazing tool for the frontline associates to just be motivated and see what an amazing job they're doing. Did you have any tech and coding background or who uh, built the initial product? Actually, so me and my husband, we build it together. Um, I don't have coding background, so I would do sales, marketing, uh, CFO position, those types of things. Um, and then he's been managing the engineering. The motivation behind uh, starting Praiseworthy was all that experience and hardships you took from nom nom sandwiches or was it something else yeah so i actually had the yearning for this type of feedback system for individual feedback management that allows the business owner to individually see how each of their employees are performing i had this yearning with yelp reviews yelp reviews do not identify where there could be gaps in training or who's doing an amazing job and so i had that pain point as a business owner And then uh, we had that idea. We entered it into a business plan competition hackathon called Angel Hack. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we uh-huh. won in Santiago, Chile. That's where my husband's from. And then we got a ticket to the finals in the San Francisco Bay Area and Silicon Valley. And we won out of that. And Wow. How, how much money was that? Uh, it was 50K. So we got a convertible note for 50K. And we've just been building it ever since from the ground up. 50k was that enough to build the product i assume so actually um it was good for the first year and then we raised a little bit more money from friends family and clients as well after that so once you had the initial product ready and it's a long process as you know what happened then uh, did you uh, did you put out mvp or did you start uh, looking for customers what was that process like so right from the get go that's really why we won uh, angel hack is that we had a seven store client that we worked with right from the get go uh, that client had the pain point and we built the product from the ground up with that client How is it today, though? Is it mostly word of mouth? How you acquire new customers, or do you have any other tactics in place? So it's almost all word of mouth right now. Um, we do have uh, a little bit of press out there that's gotten the word out, but for the most part, uh, we're growing almost all through word of mouth. So uh, clients just love us so much that they refer us to other clients. And that's how we've grown to almost this extent. I just recently put an article on out, out on how we've got we received over six hundred thousand dollars so far in sales just through customer referrals alone. Um, it's been an amazing way for us to scale, uh, and and there's certain processes that we put in place to get to that point. That is really fancy, honestly, because uh, it's it's amazing way to get new customers based on referrals, obviously, but uh, do you guys push it? Uh, do you have automated uh, funnel or sequence uh, for that, or does it happen completely naturally? So uh, there's a couple different things. Um, one is that we actually use our own product to find who our promoters of our product is are. So after I have a sales call or after um, our trainer has a training call, we send them a praiseworthy survey to have them individually review our service. And if they say in the survey that they would recommend Praiseworthy to their friends and family, then I reach out to them by email and by phone just saying, hey, I noticed you left a Praiseworthy review. You said you recommend us. Who would you like to recommend? Um, you know, you get $100 off next month's bill. It's a, a really great uh, tool for anyone else you think could be a good fit. 
And almost always we get a sale that way. Uh, so it's a really great way to identify the promoters of your brand and then set up that great process for customer referrals. You said hundred dollars. How how expensive is the service uh, per month? So our minimum price is at this time is three hundred dollars per month, and so that covers up to uh, that covers up to ten employees. What is your ideal customer? Small business or the target market is everywhere between what in our system we have between ten employees up to two hundred employees on average in our system. We do have one client that has several thousand, but for the most part, it's between 11 and 200 employee, frontline employees. That's kind of the sweet spot for the business. To go back to acquiring new customers, uh, do you have any other strategies or tactics in, uh, tactics in place besides the referral program? Uh, something that you personally pursue and your team as well? So there is one other thing that we're doing. Um, we're actually starting a podcast. It's launching next week and it's only focusing on what our, our current clients love, which is employee retention, employee engagement, employee motivation, in turn offering great customer service. So we are interviewing all of our current clients, as well as authors and experts that are focused on that primarily on the, those subjects and building a subscriber base around that. I'm not sure if it's going to work, but I'm really enjoying the interview so far, and I'll keep you posted in the future if it does work. Awesome. How many episodes have you done so far? I actually just finished one today, so I have two, and then we're actually booked all the way through to July now. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of experts on this. I was very surprised uh, and a lot of interest in the subject. So Yeah, that is super important. Uh, is it going to be completely an uh, one-on-one interview show like this one? Yeah, primarily focused on those subjects. Um, and it's going to interview experts, so people who have written books on that, as well as business owners and how they've achieved the success they have with employee retention and company culture. I'm super excited to see how it goes and keep me updated. Uh, what's the name going to be for the podcast? Uh, it's called The Praiseworthy Leader. And you can uh, subscribe to blog.praiseworthy.co. Awesome. Um, to wrap up the talk about your business, uh, before we move on, Tell me what future holds for you, let's say next year. So what's been really interesting is the development of the product. And that's where basically at first we thought it was just a feedback system, just to get feedback for business owners um, about customer service, about how their employees, individual employees are doing. But it's really turned into so much more where now we've actually built uh, as the main page, as the main dashboards of Facebook like newsfeed where employees can all log in and praise each other and they can share the reviews that they received on Facebook. They can comment on the reviews and it's over 95% positive. So only the positive reviews are in the newsfeed. And it's just been so eye opening. I, I, you know, when I first launched this product, business owners were like, I don't know if employees are going to log in. I honestly don't know if they have the time. I don't know if they care. And now I talked to owners and managers and they said, wow, this is huge. Employees care so much. They're taking so much ownership. It's like a light bulb suddenly being turned on. And over 87% of business owners who see the product, who try it, they choose to move forward with Praiseworthy because it's just that powerful for them. 
So it's been really cool to be on that journey and see what the products kind of turned into over time. Congratulations on massive success you achieved over the years. And honestly, I wish that Nom Nom sandwiches was still around. I need to try it out. It sounded so good. I, <laughs> I want to I switch gears a bit and talk about you personally and what you do daily to be successful. Uh, morning routines are really important to a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, do you have a morning routine? I do actually. Um, what I do is when I get up, I actually almost, I keep my phone off until I get to work. It's just really key to just stay off all devices and clear my mind. And then I actually go to meditate and do yoga for about 10, 10 to 15 minutes. So I first just meditate and I kind of see how I feel about things internally. Um, and then I imagine all the stress that I have right now. And it's almost almost always has to do with the business. So I imagine it all piling up on my shoulders. And then um, I, when I breathe in, it's all piling up. And then when I breathe out, and I make a noise, I go like, um, when it breathes, when I breathe out, I imagine the stress rolling off of my shoulders. Um, it's a really great exercise that I do for about five to 10 minutes until I kind of feel imbalanced. And it's just been so eye opening to have that meditation, quiet time in the morning. And I've noticed I become more focused. I've become less stressed. I know my co-founder and husband, he's, he's way happier now too, cause I've been less stressed. Um, and I really recommend meditation, whatever form of meditation can work for you. It's been insanely eye-opening for sure. Do you work from home? You know, honestly, uh, we all of our team is remote. And so um, we can really work wherever we want. Um, I'm fine with working at home or at an office. We have both. Uh, the thing is, I really like having a strict schedule, though, of working eight hours straight and then just closing the work and and being done with it. So having a really intense focus um, for Monday through Friday, eight hours a day and then closing it. And then sometimes in the weekend, if I have a project here or there, I work on it. I really think that focus is one of the most important things you need to learn if you want to be successful, not just focusing on short term on your goals and objectives but really thinking ahead 10 15 years because everything takes time today um is focus something you struggle with i wouldn't say uh, yeah i think it is something i struggle with because there's just so many different when building a product there's so many different opportunities and it's hard to know which way to go and so um that's really really hard to maintain that type of focus and see that longer term vision um so definitely, you know, when it comes to day to day focus, you know, I never go on Facebook, I don't have issues of, of procrastination. But in terms of the product vision and the product focus, I think that's why having a co founder is so great, because then you can kind of keep each other accountable, and stay on the right path. Do you work together with your husband? Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's great. Um, we get to spend every minute of the day together. And, uh, you know, we're, we have a very open communicative relationship. So, so, you know, if I'm, if I'm upset or annoyed with him, you know, he knows immediately or vice versa. And so we can clear the air so quickly about conflict or vice versa. We have a very positively reinforcing relationship that's really built the product from the ground up. 
So um, it's been great to build our relationship around the business and uh, go on the journey together. Well, once again, uh, Mesa, thank you so much for coming in. And it's been truly an honor and pleasure talking to you. If you could uh, leave our audience with one final takeaway, one final thought from everything we've covered today, what would that be? I would say uh, follow your passion. Um, follow what makes you happy because life can be really short and uh, we're all given the gift of life and it's important to do something that you love doing every single day. I love that. Misa, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.